The reading is taken from 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. 1 Samuel chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows and by him deeds are weighed. The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who were full hired themselves out for food but those who were hungry are hungry no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and makes them inherit a throne of honour. For the foundations of the earth are, are the Lord's. On them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven, the Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What great words to have just sung as we come to look at God's words because we want to behold our God as we look at 1 Samuel chapter 2 verses 1 to 10 together this morning. Now you may well have heard the news uh, that uh, from tomorrow, places of worship, places, churches like this are able to open again for private prayer. Uh, and we'll hear a little bit more later in the service about when and how that can happen here at Platt. And I know some people will be a little bit more wary about coming into public buildings again. Uh, we don't have to come into a building to pray. We can pray anytime and anywhere. But many will be uh, appreciating the opportunity to, to come into a building that's been shut uh, for months, uh, appreciate a, a time and a space, and spend some quiet time in prayer. And isn't it amazing with that, that beginning this week, uh, that in God's providence, today, this morning, we are looking uh, at this prayer of Hannah's, this beautiful prayer, uh, a prayer that we can still echo today. In fact, a prayer that would be great to use to shape our prayers at this time. If you were with us uh, last week, you will remember uh, that uh, we started this new series in, in 1 Samuel, and 1 Samuel picks up from where the book of Judges uh, leaves off. Uh, and that time of the Judges has been a particularly low point in Israel's history. Everyone was affected by the events uh, that was going on. There had been inequality. There'd been division, there'd been unrest. I mean, it doesn't sound too dissimilar to today, does it? Uh, and into this uh, bleak situation where Israel's leaders were failing to give godly leadership, 
Last week, we, we heard the voice of a seemingly insignificant woman, of, of Hannah. See, having been provoked uh, by her childlessness, Hannah is desperate. And in her desperation, but in her faith, she cries out to the Lord. And God sees, God hears, and God acts. Not only giving her a baby, Samuel, uh, the the book is named after him, so he's going to be pretty significant, uh, but also moving his people forward towards the king he wants in place. See, God has a plan, and that's uh, what, uh, obviously, the Bible, the whole Bible tells us about, and we see how it moves forward uh, here. But before we hear more uh, about this plan in 1 and 2 Samuel, the writer includes this prayer, uh, this song, uh, as Pete was telling us uh, earlier, that's packed full of meaning, uh, this prayer of Hannah. It's her her natural response uh, to what God has done in her life. Uh, and by including it here, uh, the writer is getting us to, to lift our eyes as we read this book. Uh, look uh, above any of the human leaders that are failing Israel. Uh, look beyond any leader uh, that is to come. And gaze at the leader who's been there all along. Because as we've called this series, there is no leader like God's. So as we look uh, around at the leadership in the world today, whatever we think of it, it is good for us to lift our eyes above and to see that greatest leader, see the leader that has been there all along, see the leader that is like no other. And so that's what we're going to do as we look at this deeply theological prayer. We're going to do it in in three parts, um, and we're going to use that to lift our praise and our worship uh, to this God who's like no other. So firstly, uh, praise God for his uniqueness. Uh, That's verses 1 to 3. Look at uh, verse 1. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. What a change that is in Hannah. In chapter 1, if you skip back uh, in verse 15, she was deeply troubled. Verse 16, she was praying out of great anguish and grief. And now in chapter 2, her heart rejoices. Her horn, which means her strength, is lifted up. And her mouth, from her mouth comes delight. Every part of her is joining in now in this delightful praise of God. And where has this come from? Where has this joy and delight come from? Well, it would be easy to say it's come from her changed circumstances. Uh, Praise at the birth of her son. And of course, it is right to praise God for answer prayer, not just uh, move on to the next thing on our shopping list of requests. So I'm sure circumstances are part of Hannah's prayer. But it is also much bigger, this prayer, than her circumstances. You see, in verse 1, she's boasting over her enemies. That's enemies plural. This isn't boasting over uh, the rival wife. Uh, Penina. She, she goes on in the prayer to talk about our salvation that's bigger than just what she's experienced. See, she sees beyond what's happening to her. She sees something greater is happening. Uh, God is bringing about salvation to his people. And that's where her joy and delight come from, in and from this God's. Uh, And she praises the Lord, knowing that he has seen, he has heard, he has acted. uh, Knowing that he's doing something amazing, knowing who he is. 
See, only he could do these things. He's unique. Look at verse 2. There is no one like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God's. I think we sometimes uh, think of God like us, but perhaps with some superpowers. Say so he's a little harder, better, faster, stronger uh, than we are, perhaps a bit like we might think of Superman. But this verse tells us that God is utterly different. He's unique. There is no one, it repeats. God is not just a little bit better than us. He is a completely different type of being. All three statements declare that, don't they? Uh, He's holy, he's perfect, uncreated. There's none beside him. He's incomparable and unmatchable. He's the rock. He's the source of all strength and power. And and verse three goes on to tell us, there's no one who can speak against him. He knows all and he sees all. And Hannah recognizes these things about God. She sees uh, the bigger picture, not just what's going on in her life, but what God is doing in overruling all of human history. And it drives her to praise him. There is no leader like God's. See, the problem is when we bring God down to our level, then our praise of him will be equally limited. But when we remember God's uniqueness and his infiniteness, then our praise can only get bigger. Our hearts will rejoice in him. Our strength will be lifted up. Our mouths will delight in what he's done. That's what's happening to Hannah here, and that's what can happen uh, to us as we gaze at this God. Uh, And the prayer goes on to remind us what God has done. So, uh, Secondly, praise God for his reversals. That's in verses four to eight. In fact, let me uh, read those verses to you. Uh, And as I do, listen to the things that are turned upside down by God. So starting at verse four. The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumble are armed with strength. Those who are full hire themselves out for food, but those who are hungry are hungry no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and makes them inherit a throne of honour. Did you hear? The weak, the lowly, the humble are lifted up. Uh, The strong, the mighty, the proud are brought down low. It's the upside down nature of God's kingdom. The first will be last and the last will be first. And and this prayer is, is like a trailer to the movie of 1 and 2 Samuel. It introduces us to the main character, introduces us to God's, And it also introduces us to themes that will be repeated throughout this book. Uh, At the end of 2 Samuel, uh, there's a similar song um, that summarizes what's happened and these kind of bookend uh, the the books. But we're being introduced here to those reversals that this this plot of the movie will show. 
So, for example, in a couple of chapters' time, we're going to meet a new, fearsome, powerful enemy of God's people, the Philistines. And they seem unstoppable, especially when their greatest warrior, the tall, the strong, the mighty Goliath, is facing God's people. That's until a little shepherd boy, too small for armour, who with just a sling and five stones, steps out to face him. And that weak, that humble David defeats Goliath and in doing so destroys the Philistines. Do you see? The mighty are brought down, the lowly are lifted up. Or what about uh, when we get to points at the end of this series when uh, the people uh, are looking for a king like the other nations and so they find Saul, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel and he was a head taller than anyone else, we're told. Good-looking, strong, the first king of Israel. You know, he looked so impressive, and yet he failed. And so God rejects him. The mighty brought low. And here in chapter 2, this little unknown Hannah, praying this huge prayer of praise. She knows she's been raised up by God. Seeing through what's just happening to her, seeing these great reversals that God is continuing to bring about. And how can he do it? Uh, she says in verse 8, For the foundation of the earth are the Lord's, on them he has set the world. He owns, he created, he's in control of the whole world. That's how he can do it. And it's easier for us to forget that truth today. Yeah, we may feel like we're one of the lowly, one of the weak people of the world. Well, be comforted by these words. Uh, know that God will raise you up, if not in this world, certainly in the world to come. It may be we may be one of the mighty, one of the proud of this world. Well, be warned by these words. God may bring you down a peg or two. And in both those situations, it happens so that he would get the praise. You see, when we're raised up, it's so we'll look to him and thank him for his grace. When we're brought down, it's so we would stop relying on ourselves and turn to him instead. See, human leaders may try and promise these things, but only God can deliver them. As this trailer is already showing us, there's no one like God. He deserves our praise. And Hannah gives us a third reason to praise this God. Praise God for his anointed king in verses 9 and 10. Uh, Let's not forget, as I was saying at the beginning, where uh, Israel were at this point in history, they're at a low point. In fact, the last sentence of Judges summarizes it as this. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. And so when we read verses 9 and 10 in that, context they come as a complete shock look at verse 9 he will guard the feet of his faithful servants but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness it is not by strength that one prevails those who oppose the lord will be broken the most high will thunder from heaven the earth will judge the ends of the earth He will give strength to his king 
and exalt the horn of his anointed. In that uh, place where Israel are found, they are warned a judgment is coming. And there's only two outcomes to that judgment as the Lord thunders from heaven. Those who rely on their own strength and oppose the Lord will be broken. But faithful servants he will guard. He will guard them with the strength of his anointed king. See that there? That's where this prayer ends, with an anointed king. In fact, it's the first time in the Bible that anointing is mentioned in, relating, in relation to a God's king. And, and so as we journey through 1 and 2 Samuel, we're going to be looking for who is this anointed king? Who is this Messiah uh, that's going to be? Is it going to be Samuel, who's, who's just been born to Hannah? Well, we'll quickly find out, no, it's not. Maybe it's Saul, that first king of Israel. No. Maybe Saul's son, Jonathan, the next in line to the throne. Well, no, he doesn't even make it as king. Maybe it's David's. Well, he gets closest. But by the end of the book, it can't be him either. Each leader comes, but each leader fails to make the grades. You see, we must jump forwards to the song of another woman. A song that's actually got many similarities to this one of Hannah's. See, as Mary sings the Magnificat at the start of the New Testament, read it in Luke chapter 1, she is announcing a king who can bring all this about because he's the anointed king. He's the Messiah, the Christ. See, Jesus brings what Hannah could only glimpse in part. He reveals God's uniqueness as he is God stepping into the world. He demonstrates God's reversals as he leaves the glory of heaven to come to the earth as a baby. And not just that, to come to earth to suffer the the shame of death on a cross. And yet he even reverses death rising again and is seated now at the right hand of the Father and given the name above every name. Here is God's anointed king. Here's the one who's achieved salvation for us. All those who trust in the strength of this king, in King Jesus, are guarded from the coming judgment and it is still to come. See, if Hannah had reason to praise God in a time of unsettledness in her country, in a time where she could only glimpse the salvation that may be achieved by God, then surely we too have reason to praise even in our unsettled times. God hasn't changed. There's still no leader like him. There never has been. There never will be. Whoever our human leaders are, they're never going to be in the same category as God's. Whatever hopes we try and pin on our human leaders, they're never going to be able to achieve them in the way that God can. Human leaders will come, human leaders will go, and yet God will remain in control, sovereign, eternal. Now, of course we want good leaders. Of course that's important. But remember, there's never going to be an earthly leader like our God's. And so that should drive us to praise him. That should drive us, as it does Hannah, to offer in our prayers praise of a big, mighty God. So when you come to church for private prayer, or next time you, you stop at home to, prayer, to pray, 
Look again at these words in 1 Samuel 2. Uh, Lift your eyes to God. Don't just come with your shopping list uh, of things uh, you want from God. See God's uniqueness. See the great reversals he's promised. See what he's done and is still doing through his anointed king. He is worthy of our praise. He is a big God. He deserves our praise. So let's praise him. We'll start uh, with the song. Uh, We're about to sing in just a moment. But let's praise him as we go into this week in our prayers and in our lives.